For about 10 years, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. For really? Probably 10 years, I'd say I played in my band. Are you on all the records? A bunch. We recorded two records. Okay. While I was in the band. I didn't know that, man. I played bass on 1984, and I played bass on the My Riot record. That's awesome, dude. I had no idea you were in that yeah. band. Started as a favor, and <laughs> it lasted for 10 years. Isn't that usually how it happens? Dude, I had no idea. Yeah, and it's a flyer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you toured and shit with them now. Yeah, we went every state in the U.S. except for Montana, Alaska, and Hawaii. So we toured all those states, Canada, Europe, to Germany. What's in Montana anyway? Bozeman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's the only the only state I've never been to is Montana. Okay. So I don't know if I should go or if I should never go. You know, if that choice for me, you should go. The one I've never been to. And then you were in a bunch of bands. But who else were you in besides Scrapers and Rod and, and those the are the two that anyone would have heard of. Yeah. Okay. I played with the Disasters. I first played drums. Okay. Um, they were shooting an agnostic front video. I think for that song, Peace. Okay. That's off of um, Another Voice. Yeah. And they Great needed, like, yeah, it's a good album. I did backup vocals for that. <laughs> now okay. that that's an accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. So we did. Um, I, could, I could pat myself on that. I was on like yeah. three different records doing backup vocals. So. We were shooting the video for that, and they needed, like, you know, a typical hardcore video. They needed, like, Bunch of people, yeah, jumping around. Well, you're in the Rumblers Car Club, yeah. and I know that they, I know that in that video, there's a bunch of cars from the, you know, Rumblers yeah. cars. Uh, Dan, one of the members, yeah, the '60s Pontiac. I don't know what year it was. Right. Started with that. So anyway, when the 
after the video shoot, they were supposed to do uh, have an audition because their drummer quit three days before a three month tour. Okay. So this dude thought he was going to get health insurance from the record label. It turns out he wasn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what would what? Lead, lead anyone to believe that. Health insurance yeah, from a record label. And what label was this? Uh, Hellcat Records. At the okay. Time. Okay. So I went to watch them audition <laughs> drummers. One guy was good but couldn't tour. Another guy was terrible. Third guy didn't show up. Nice. So I learned. I was like, all right, I'll do it. If you need someone to do it, I'll do it. I learned the set list in three days. And then went on a three-month tour on okay. drums. Then when the tour was over, they were supposed to record another album. I was like, I could play drums enough to play a show, but I'm not. I can't play it on an album. Yeah, I'll fuck your album up, you know. Right. So then they found another drummer to play in the album, and the bass player quit. So then I played bass just on the album. All right. Then someone who was supposed to go on tour couldn't go on tour. Then I played bass on a tour, and then it lasted for like 10 years. Oh, shit. Anything happening with them? Do you have any idea? I know Master Front's always busy. Yeah. Um, I know, I think Roger wrote a bunch of songs, and they had to record them. Okay. He, he moved to Phoenix, so I just stopped playing in the band. Yeah. yeah he's been on Arizona for a while. It's too hard, you know, to be in a band that long distance and try to write songs. And then all get together and get and on the practice road and, and be, be and good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, so I just, yeah, it's crazy. I was like, find, a, find someone closer to you. We found a guy. Who's, yeah. A uh, dude named Roy. I forget his last name. Okay. That's it? That's it. What else have you been doing? And from that, I made... I made six car documentaries so when I was in the band. You're into film, you're into this. I tried to do a, a little of everything. Yeah, busy guy. So I did, um, I would go on tour for like three months and I'd come home and I'd build part of a car. I'd build a chassis. And I'd go on tour for a month, I'd come home, do the motor work. And... Like old school shit. Yeah, I'd do all hot rods from, I'd say, 1927 to 1934 Fords built in like a 1940s style so it's very specific super like you have to be a serious like car nerd to appreciate it yeah. right so, so I looked at all your stuff I'm not really a car nerd but I I, I, I I can't tell you what year that is or what kind of car it is unless you write it right. but I, I look at it and it's nice to look at that's all I know <laughs> it's pretty dope yeah, I got way too into it, so I was building them from the ground up. I built the chassis, I do the motor work, I do all the body work, I paint it, I do just everything on the car. So bands don't make enough to live on, building cars don't make enough to live on, so I could kind of do both, right. kind of flip-flop between the two. And when I stopped playing in the band, I didn't want to do cars full-time, because you do anything full-time and you get fucking yeah. burnt yeah. out on it. You get it burnt you just, out. You hate it. <laughs> yeah. And then you start hating it. Yes, yeah, exactly. I started doing documentaries, so I build one or two cars a year and shoot one documentary a year. How'd you get into making film? I just did it. I just bought a cheap camera. I found the subject. These guys, every year in New York, they drive 32 Fords from upstate New York to the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. Okay. It's like a 2,800-mile drive. Yeah. They swap the motors out and race them because they do land speed racing Okay. the Salt Flats, and then they drive them home. So that was the first one I did. I, like, shadowed them on the trip. Oh, shit. And I did six car movies, and I was like, I can't make any more car movies. You know, like, how many yeah. how many am I going to make? Yeah. And I, I wrote a horror script. Okay. And we shot that two years ago. And that was... A movie called Get My Gun, right? Which is about a girl who works in like a seedy hotel motel who gets attacked 
gets pregnant, decides to put the baby up for adoption, and it just goes horribly wrong. Okay. So it's like a, I guess it's a thriller where horrible things happen. Yeah. We've been doing good with that. We got to a bunch of food festivals, and now I guess we're going to do home video probably before the year's over. Is it available on DVD at all? Not yet. Like Not probably yet. December. It was submitted into, into a certain... Uh... It played the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. Right. Which was last October. The thing with movies is you shoot a movie, it takes you like six months to a year to edit it. It's like the process is very slow. So right. if you shoot a movie in 2016... The world doesn't see it till 2018, like, 18, you know, 19. Yeah. yeah. And once you finish it, you do a festival run, and you go a year with that. And then and you're doing all this independently, all myself. Yeah. So it's you don't have like it's like it's like music industry shit. Like you don't have no major label backing you. You don't have like corporate shit backing no. you to front you money, give you you know to to push it. It's yeah. all you. With film, it's like a super. It's like the ultimate catch twenty two. So. For your movie to make money, has certain elements, like certain actors or certain names attached to it. And to get those names, you need to have money, but to get the money, you need to have those names. Right. So, it's just, it, it's a real difficult, uh, it's just, it's almost fucking impossible. It's like a impossible scenario. Yeah. So every movie you see that gets made is just... The fact that it even exists, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, like, deserves yeah, a lot of credit. It's crazy. It's like, what, um, are, are any of, like, your call documentaries available? Like, if anybody's yeah, into that kind of stuff, can all, find it? Yeah, on my website, which is AtomicHotRods.com, I have right. them all on DVD. And I have two up on Amazon Prime. Okay. I'm trying to feel Amazon Prime out. Okay. It's, it's kind of a bad deal for filmmakers. Is it? See, I don't know. I watch a lot of things on Amazon so, Prime, but I have no idea. If you have a documentary that's an hour long... They pay you six cents per hour viewed. So if someone watches your documentary once, you get six cents. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you think if you want to make a hundred bucks, like sixteen hundred people have to watch your movie. Right. If you sold just a thousand movies on DVD. You made twenty thousand dollars. Right. So that's that's where the world is going. So sure. You, you have to reach so many more people to make the same amount of money. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so like I, a racket. Yeah. It's so bad. And here's the other the other bullshit of it. So if someone watches your movie, you get six cents an hour. If someone downloads your movie, if you set the price for say ten bucks and someone downloads it, right. Amazon takes fifty percent. So you're only going to get $5 from the download. Right. Where if you sold the DVD, you got $20, $25. Right. And if someone rents it for $4.99, you get $2.50. You get half. Right. So you okay. just you have to reach so many people to make to make any kind of money. Right, you got to hustle like crazy. Yeah. You got to hustle and promote your shit like yeah, crazy. So half the time, my Facebook page is talking. Hey, watch my movie. Watch my in. Right. So if you promote too much, people become blind to it and they don't pay attention anymore. I get annoying. Yeah. And I don't care. And if you don't promote enough, it goes nowhere. So. And I say this all the time. You have like a you have like a very short amount of time to promote what you're doing before it just passes everybody yeah. by. And no one cares just, anymore. There's yeah. so much shit that's huh? out there. You know what I mean? So it's the same shit with, 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 the, with the podcast. Like I think I said it like one of my last episodes. Like I, I have like two or three days when this one drops, 
it'll be like two or three days of boom, everybody, a whole bunch of people listen, a whole bunch of, and then it'll taper off. Right. Even though I'll promote it again, but it's everyone is just it's just so quick nowadays. So I mean, what the fuck? And if you promote it too early, people lose interest before it. Well, <laughs> it comes out. You know, two so days before other. this comes out, I will the original flyer. <laughs> We're going to put it out to let everyone know, and then a day and a half later. I put out the second one available. Now. Right. Boom, boom. So it's I do that on purpose. It's I still make, fresh in some ways. Right. I make two fly, yeah. minimum of two flyers right. per episode. Because I like doing that graphic shit. Mm-hmm. And I set up at night, late. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And I have one eye open, and I'm. It's relaxing. It is. It actually is. It's quiet, and it's 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 it's. I enjoy doing it. So fucking. Any any other um like film shit in the works? Anything? Any ideas? I have two other scripts. I have one of a um, kind of like a spiritual retreat. People go on a spiritual retreat into the woods and they eat. And it goes wrong. It just goes terribly wrong. Okay, yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> Then I got another one that's kind of like a sci-fi. Oh, I can't explain it. Which is bad. I should be able to explain it. It's like it's your home, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not fleshed out yet. So it's not finished. So a home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. But digging it. I'm in. They invade a house with a child that has telekinesis. Oh, see, that's that little bad. You know, so a lot we, of things with your movies, yeah, everything just turns turns, turns awful. Yeah. Turns into shit. Well, that's what you want to watch. Of you course, know? you do. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that's what I want to yeah. watch. The worse it is, the more I want to watch it. Yeah. Did you see Terrifier? That's so terrifying. What did you think of it? It was good. <laughs> Shot in Staten Island, I think. It's was a local it? Movie, yeah. I know the dude's from Staten Island. The guy who made it. So I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. It's got like a New York vibe to it. So I'm assuming it was it also does. shot in Staten Island. It does. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was fun. It was just one of those movies that kind of... It's driven by what's the next worst thing that could happen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Terrifier on Netflix, good shit. Good it's just movie. fun to watch. Like, not every movie has to be a life-changing experience. No, like, no. It could I, just be 90 minutes of entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> and a crazy it, clown yeah. going around yeah. brutally friggin' abusing mm-hmm. people. Yeah, it's pretty good. So now, one thing, see, I didn't know that you were in the disasters, but one thing I do know is that you're a fan of the Charlie. Yeah. It's an interesting story, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I say that a lot. People are like, you know, I have like Charles Manson shirts, and everyone's just like, oh, why would you wear? It's just very, very interesting to me. I don't know why. I might have said this also before on the show, but it's like, before, I, I, I'm gonna say, I must have been, I don't know, seven. Something like that. I was getting into an argument with my sister, my oldest sister, over the TV. Because back in the day, in like 1981, if you had two TVs, you were lucky. You know what I mean? We had one TV when I grew up, and we got a second one because I found it in the garbage. Nice. That's when when I got a second TV. We were lucky as hell because we had the regular big screen Mm -hmm. in the the living room, and my parents had a small, like, 14-inch black and white in their room. And me and my sister were arguing over the t- over the big TV because there was like some Brady Bunch thing that my sister wanted to watch. She's six years older than me. Right. And on the same night was Helter Skelter. Right. And I had never heard of Charlie. I didn't know nothing about it. I'm looking in the TV guide, 
and I see the ad, a full page ad for the movie, mm-hmm. and for some weird reason, I'm like, this guy looks crazy. This looks awesome. And I want to watch this. And I argue with my sister, and I won the big TV because my right. mother took my side because right. I'm the little boy. You know what I mean? So from that, from that point on, I was like, all right, this is based on a true story. And, dude, at like six or seven years old, when I first watched Helter Skelter, I've been wrapped up ever since. Right. And I don't know why. It's like... I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's the whole hippie thing. Because my parents were hippies, right? But I mean, Not the Manson family is the opposite of hippies. I mean, they're right? Like, but well, their image was the hippie right. because they, they came from the hippie movement mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then what happened was bananas. It's just and there's still so much stuff that I don't even. Dude, you listen to the last podcast on the left? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear? Did you listen to the Manson ones? Did not listen to the Manson ones. Dude, Good. it's amazing. There's there's things that they have a whole research team, and I thought like I knew almost everything. Nah, it's right. just, there's so much, and it's just the whole theory behind it, and you know, it's like people who oh, he killed all those people. It's like, dude, you, you have no idea. It's like it's like you think you're knowledgeable. Like, do you even know who like well, Gary Hinman is yeah, or I mean, Bobby Boussoulet or he anybody? He didn't kill anyone, right? And this, I mean, I'm sure he's killed people in his life, but for what he's in jail, he's, he didn't kill anyone. He's in jail for right. it. Aside from the murders. The story surrounding it is just fascinating. Absolutely, you can take yes. the murders out of it, and, and it's, it's still, still fascinating. Just a fascinating story. I mean, if that guy got in jail three years earlier or three years later, right. wouldn't have happened. You know, like it's right. just, it's such just like timing. I don't want to say the luck, but like the luck of the situation. You know? Yeah. And he's also just like a pimp that gets a little too much credit when you think about I, it. I you say know? that all the time. Oh, he's the devil. He's evil. I'm like, dude, first of all, you're giving Charlie way too dude, much he's credit. He's a pimp. He's an opportunist and a pimp. He's, he's a yeah. petty thief, a petty, uh, not even a good pimp. He's tiny and he has no shoes on. It's like, dude, you're giving him too much credit. The other things that fascinated me about it is they were able... I mean, I guess it was also just the time. What they did probably changed a oh, lot of people. killed the 60s, literally and figuratively, dude. Yeah, but, like, they became friends with Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. And they moved into his house. And they were going to see his doctor and sending the bills to him. Yeah. And then the night of, like, the Sharon Tate murders, they're in Sharon Tate's house... Poor Stephen Parent is there selling a fucking yeah. pop radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some dude gets fucking marked. You know, it's insane. But, like, the Manson family's walking through Sharon Tate's house, and Abigail Full just sees them. And she's yeah. like, oh, hi. And then yeah. just, like, goes about her business. Yeah. Like, because it was like a party house anyway. To me, that's just so bizarre. Yeah. Someone was in my fucking house. Like, imagine someone. You hear someone in another. You yeah. think you hear something in another room, yeah. you know, and you fucking. You're investigating it. You're on the phone with the police. You're looking for a gun, like you're doing. Yeah, you know. Like, I was like, oh hi, hey, oh, hey, because because that was like the time. And like, and listen, everybody says that oh, everyone's also innocent and shit. Yeah, they might be innocent. They know what deserves to get killed and stuff. But listen, there was drugs found there, all kinds of stuff. So it was a half a party house. You know what I mean? So I don't think that seeing somebody that you just didn't recognize in the house would be a really rare occurrence. Right. It couldn't have been, or else you wouldn't have been like, oh, how you doing? But to me, it's just crazy. I don't even want right. people to know where the fuck I live. You know, like no. some stranger traipsing through my house would right. just be completely insane. Not traipsing, bro. Yeah. Traipsing. <laughs> and then, like, fucking, 
another thing that never gets brought up with it, like Terry Melcher stole one of his songs. The Beach right. Boys recorded it. Terry Melcher lived in the house originally. Yes. I guess his mother was Doris Day, right? So yes. Doris Day, his mother told him the house is unsafe. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't stay there. Mm-hmm. He moves out, lets his friends move in, doesn't warn them about anything. Right. They get killed. Crazy. And no one just ever addresses it. No one ever says this guy holds some accountability for that. Right. I mean, if if I lived in a house and someone's like, people people might come attack you, you should probably move out. Right. I wouldn't just let my friends move in and right. not fucking say anything about it. And you know, it's like, like an actress, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The whole, there's so much that you can nitpick and pull apart. And, stuff and also, if they didn't kill her, it wouldn't have been what it was. No way. If they, if they just killed, like, a house painter, you know? Yeah. No one would have gave a shit. Yeah. He probably wouldn't even be in jail for right. conspiracy, you know? Right. It was such just a highly sensationalized case because yeah. it was a celebrity that got, that got killed. Sure. And she was a, a beautiful white right. female right. who was pregnant. pregnant. That yeah. right there is news stories and sensationalism all day long. And they said they planned on cutting the baby out, which they didn't do. I mean, right. that would have been insane right. if they went <laughs> to that extent. Right. I mean, you think the story's wild now? If right. they cut a baby out of it, that right. would have been which they fucking didn't crazy. No. Right. Crazy. That would have been now, I don't know really if insane. Oh, stupid. We'd be. God. I don't know if there's any proof, but I, I don't know. I, I want to say that there was still shenanigans going on with Sharon and uh, the, the hairdresser and Jay Seabrook. Right. I got to say, they were ex-boyfriend and girlfriend. They're in the house. Roman Polanski's overseas. Yeah, of course, probably. I think there's shenanigans. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be improbable. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it, I think there was shenanigans going on there too. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't leave the country and leave my pregnant wife with her no. ex dude, you know. Yeah. I just and it's I weird though because it. what did he do? He came back and he made a movie called Rosemary's Baby. Right. And it's like a satanic baby. That movie was supposed to be directed by William Castle originally. Okay. I didn't and know that. It got taken away from him because he wasn't he was like considered like a schlocky director. Yeah. And it was given to Roman Polanski. So What's his name? William Castle found the book. He produ- he produced it. If you watch the film, it's produced by William Castle. And he's got one. Uh, he's got a cameo. He's in the phone booth. Okay, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's her name? I can't remember the actress's Mia name. Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow, yeah. She's trying to get to the phone booth to make a phone call out of the house. He's the, gotcha. the older gentleman yes. in the phone booth. Yeah. What I thought was weird is Roman Polanski didn't go back into the house until he was accompanied by a film crew. Really? Yeah, so he had a... You can find it online. I'm like sure. His first tour of the house was like a, a, a late-night news special. Like, he waited for a camera crew really? to follow him through the house. I didn't know that. Which is just... I don't know. I'm not saying he wasn't bummed out that his wife was killed, but that's just really, like... You're making it about him. He's making yeah, it about himself. Yeah, it's like himself. an opportunity yes. to like further his celebrity. Oh I think that's God. really weird. Yeah, that's bananas. How do you feel that he's dead? Nah. I mean, the guy was going to die. <laughs> he lasts. He lasts. <laughs> see, I, I would, I would see, I'll purposely annoy people on Facebook. Like, right. It's like, I, I very rarely even post anything anyway. I just, I look and whatever. It's... They can't no more, but I, I, I have no more patience for it. But um, 
it's like, oh, somebody would die. Like, there'd be, like, some celebrity that would die. And everyone's all blah, 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 blah. But then, like, two days later, I'll just, like, post a picture of Charlie. Right. And just be like, he's out living your heroes one day at a right. time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, all these people are dying, you know, but Charlie is still, like, chilling out. Well, he out. did seem like one of those dudes that was just never going to die. That was just going to be around forever. Yeah, yeah, for some like, reason. There was, like, an aura about that, too. That's right. weird. What is that? People have tried to kill him in prison. It didn't happen. Yeah, he got set on fire. Yeah, someone they? set him on fire. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, so. Dude. It's crazy. And what's even more crazy is that, uh, what was it, two days ago was Squeaky Fromm's birthday, 70th birthday. On the day I was born, September 5th, 75, mm-hmm. is the day that Lynette tried to friggin' shoot the president of right. General's Fort, the day right. I was born. Maybe that's why I love the Manson family right. so much. There's a weird connection there. But... She's out of jail. Right. She's free. She had to kill the president, dude. And she still rode for Charlie before he even died. <laughs> I guess she didn't. I guess her gun wasn't loaded when she <laughs> went well, to the just, president. Well, well, I, uh, so they say. I guess she's, well, yeah. she, her theory was she was trying to see how close someone can get. Right. But still. Oh, no. It's crazy. Like, what it's are you doing? Yeah, if someone did it now, I think you'd get a life sentence. Yeah. That. Yeah, well, I think I, th- I thought that that's what it was. Like, if you try to kill the president, it's like you go to jail and say, "Yeah, you're done." Yeah, I mean, if you talk about a desire to kill the president, you technically or can be arrested for that too. You know, so if you wrote on your Facebook page, "I'm going to kill the president," yeah, you could. That's that's enough of a threat, right, to be arrested. It's craziness. It's craziness. So, so back to your Atomic Hot Rods. You basically, that's your company, that's your thing. That's me. All it's me. all you. Yep. CEO. CEO. Nice. So, but that's, that's cool. How long, how long have you actually been doing that for? I mean, I've been building cars since I got a driver's license. Just, I bought a shitty car. Fixed it up and bought a nicer car. You know, like I just. Yeah. And then I learned that I could take a car no one wanted and turn it into something that someone wanted. Okay. So I could buy a thousand dollar car. Yeah. Do the work and then turn around and sell it. Five grand, seven grand, ten grand. That's how I made money a long time as a kid. I mean, I can't even think of the last time I had a a legitimate like job. Right, <laughs> I got a awesome. paycheck. I worked at Yankee Stadium in high school. That was my last real job, like okay. paycheck type of working for someone else's job. Okay, probably been doing the Atomic Hot Rods thing. I needed a name. When I released the first documentary, okay, which I think I'll say 2006, 12 years ago. Okay. So I've probably been doing that for 12 years. 2006 to 2008. I should know, but nice. but I don't. <laughs> for whatever oh, reason, nice. whatever, man, you're busy. Yeah. You know, what? I'm gonna pause this because yeah. I'm gonna go take a leak. Yeah. And we're back. See the power of technology. So 12 years as a, as a topic of doing atomic hot rods. 12 years, I think I built 19 complete cars from the ground That's up. That's awesome. And you sell them all? So I have one that I kept, my own personal car, but the rest, I sell them. I build them to sell them. All right. I, I, I've never taken on work building a car for someone specifically because I don't want to deal with them. To me, it's, it's easier to build the car I want and then sell it. I'd right. probably make more money taking on jobs, but... I've done a few, like, framework and things for people, and it just always, everyone wants to change stuff, and they don't want to pay for it, you know, so you spend... All their little tiny specific nitpicky ways. Yeah, but I spent 40 hours working on something, now you don't want that anymore, 
Yeah. I need to be paid for the fucking for my forty hours. You know, I don't exactly. It's not because you don't want it. Right. Suddenly, that just you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just, just, yeah, just forget just that. Disappears yeah. into the ether. Like I need to be paid for that you work. Think? Yeah. That that happens a lot. Uh, so I just build. I build the whole car. There's no timeline. There's no pressure. I I get to determine the style of it. Mm-hmm. Everything and. And I just yeah, someone want this? Yeah, take right. it, take it away. I do it. I do. I do the paint. I did some of the interiors. You have all the shit at your house. I like give you a garage. One car house garage. I build okay. that. My brother helps me. Me and my brother do it, and then we'll split, split the sale. You know, so we'll split yeah. the cost. We'll both work on it and we'll split the sale of it. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta have. You probably have you know, like a lot of equipment and shit to do all that. Like, I mean, you're doing body work yeah. and yeah. this. I mean. Less tools than you think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, if you... I mean, there's a lot of... I, I mean, I have a lot of tools more than the average. Yeah. You know, more than the average, the average guy hanging a, a picture in the house, you know, but... You could do a lot with very little. Okay. If you know what you're doing. Right. And you're creative. Okay. Nice. Cause. Well... What did you just What did you just say? There was a book. Book, yeah. It's back to Charles Manson. Back to Manson. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. Yo, you know what? Hold on, real quick. Yeah. So we did right after right after he died. We did the Charles Manson episode. Yeah, I and, to that one. Did you? Sure, yeah. And they, like they, immediately, like I was in the middle of doing something and <laughs> yeah. I saw it, and I was like, Yeah, this is what I'm gonna listen to now. And yeah. not, not later, you know. So, but he comes up a lot, and if people don't like to hear about Charles Manson, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm all about it. <laughs> There's a book. I'm rereading it for the second time now of the ultimate evil. Yeah. Kind of links. They, put, they try to link Charles Manson into it, but it's a. I guess if you're a New Yorker, you want to read it. I was born in the Bronx, so it. Okay. It's a little more appeal to me. Okay. It's about the son of Sam murders. Okay. But it kind of links it to like satanic cults across the country. Okay. And in England, the Four Pie Movement. I I park twice a week. Right. At the exact same spot where Son of Sam committed his last murder right. on Shaw on Shaw. We got the pick. We got the uh, parking ticket. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right across the street. That's that's the fire hydrant. Right. And then right caddy corner from that, about thirty, not even thirty feet, probably about twenty feet across the street right. is the actual spot. Right around this bend is right where he committed his last crime, right. his last murder. Right. Yeah, I park there all the time. We have two two spots in the Bronx on the. One on the Hutchinson River Parkway Service Road, and then one on BR Avenue. Wait, you know exactly where they are, yeah. where he did that? Yeah. Yeah. Probably where they are. But in the book, it kind of... <laughs> See, I'll go there and just and just go there and like take pictures just because that happened. Oh, five years ago, we went to uh, Spawn Ranch and found the wave cave. We hiked through the woods because my, my chick is... I have. She's like a Manson expert, like 100. You, like you, this you girl mentioned that. Book, yeah. yeah, you told me that. You see this? I mean, it's not a visual podcast. I don't think you could stump her. Do, do you see those three little piles of things? Right. You know what those are? No idea. Right. Well, these are three different packages that I ordered, and those are relics from Spawn Ranch. Okay. Okay, it's like little screws and little hinges from whatever, little cabins or whatever. Yeah, when it's we were there, there was a. And they should be in my house. Like there's a front end of a VW bus, like in the woods. I broke a piece of it. This is you know, total fantasy thinking. You know, maybe, maybe uh, Manson family was in this bus, or whatever. So I broke a piece off and yeah. took it home. But uh, 
Yeah, back to the old yeah, evil. I would be doing the same. Yeah. I'd be collecting dirt. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Totally ridiculous. Yeah, it's so stupid, but I love it. And I don't even... And I... Like, it's not even to glorify it. It's just it's so insane. Yeah. You know, that... I feel the same exact way, dude. That it's just... Obviously, it's terrible what happened. People were killed. Their lives were ended. So many people of were course. affected by it. You know, like... But it's just so fascinating. And a lot of people think, like, oh, because you, 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 you're so interested in that stuff. Like, they think that that cancels out the fact that I don't, like, I, like, I don't realize. Oh, you have no empathy. For the right, system. exactly. It's just not that way. Right. It's, it's, yeah, I get it. It sucks. It's horrible, but it's still fascinating. Okay. It's also weird, too. Like, in the 90s, if you were into any kind of serial killer shit, you were a fucking complete and utter weirdo. Right. Now you can't turn the TV on without right. every other show being... Exactly. Like Bundy show, something about the East Area Rapist, just, it's all gloom and doom, and it's all serial killer shit yeah. all over TV. But yeah. 1994, if you were into that shit, you right. were just... You know, yeah. You, you were like, a weirdo, and no one wanted exactly. anything to do with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So back, back to the ultimate evil. It, it, it expands on the theory that David Berkowitz wasn't alone. Which I guess is It's pretty odd Once you start reading the book It's very obvious You don't think he was alone? No Really? No See There's certain things That I'm heavy into I know of The Son of Sam Right But I think the 44 caliber killer Is one of the hardest names Right Oh yeah yeah. (laughs) The 44 caliber killer Is the sickest name ever But I don't I'm not that in, engrossed into right. the actual ins and the outs of that like I am with Manson for some weird reason and for some reason like Ted Bundy right. does nothing for me yeah and I don't know why he's does uh, nothing for me yeah, he's a little he's he's on the come up lately because there's a there's a, there's a movie coming out next year so like, oh is there see I don't even he's know he's just all over right. TV but um if you read the ultimate it's like a 600 page book like it's okay it's intense and it just explains, like, the timeline of the shootings and when people saw him. And these dudes, like, go back and drive the same routes and time everything. And they start linking it to other people around the country who were involved in, like, uh, there, there was a cult they used to meet in Untermyer Park in Yonkers, New York. Really? Well, so they, so they say, you know? Right. And just people that were members of that that were also... Involved with David Berkowitz as different pieces of evidence were coming out. Yeah. They were like mysteriously dying in other parts of the country. Huh. One guy, uh, Michael Carr, was killed in North Dakota. Another guy like drove off the West Side Highway. But as like the evidence came close to implicating those people, where they would implicate someone else, right. like they just started getting killed off all around really? the country. Yeah. But, but, but didn't didn't David Berkowitz didn't he have like a specific Target, like the women, would, so they say. Yeah, it could be. That's what the yeah, media right. says, but who the hell knows? He's also like a half of, like, I mean, that guy's IQ is like. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking baby. Yeah, he's, like, yeah, yeah, he's like, a dumb shit. He's not like a criminal mastermind. No, like, not in the least. <laughs> but if you read the book, and I don't want to spoil it, but. Get that book. I somehow have three copies of it, but get the book. I, every time I see it in a library, I buy it. It's usually like a dollar. Oh, okay. Like in the used bin, so I, can, I give it oh, to really? people. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. I keep finding it in the used bin, so we have three of them. 
<laughs> but if you could find it, I mean, you can get it on Amazon. Yeah. It's worth reading. Yeah? It's I'll long. check it out. It's, it's a fine. long fucking book. I have a whole it's bunch good. of books that I haven't cracked open yet. Mm-hmm. A lot. I have Manson books that I haven't cracked open yet. The Squeaky Fromm book, the Susan Atkins book. Right. Susan, yeah, Susan Atkins. But... Yeah, bro. I like I like to read, but I just I feel like I just don't have time to. Try to read for an hour a day when I wake up. Right. Regardless. Did you read this morning? Yeah. You did. No. One hour. In bed. I was like half asleep in bed. I just start reading. So I try to do an hour. Okay. That's good. Keeps your mind. You learn shit. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. (laughs) It is how you learn shit. Yeah. So what's up with with, with uh, we'll, we'll go back to your bands. What's up with scrapers? Everyone is married with children, so the band doesn't really <laughs> play that much anymore. Okay. So uh, we had a bunch. We had I think twelve other songs that we were lined up to record. Yeah. And then we just started practicing less and less, and everyone just got less and less available. And it just never happened. It sucks. And there were good songs, so they were. lost. <laughs> These songs are lost into the. Uh, in the ether. Yeah, they're just gone. That sucks. Yeah. Get, get, listen, tell all these guys. Well, you make a plan. At least for the sake of recording. We don't have to play. Let's just record them. Yeah, so they, just to put them out there. Yeah, you know, put them yeah. out there. I mean, Bathory never played live. They didn't. They just had albums. <laughs> albums in their legendary band. Yeah. It's crazy. So I think I'm going to do like a... I want to do like a doom metal type thing okay like 10 minute songs or just really long slow heavy songs okay I originally thought with this movie that was uh, this spiritual retreat that goes wrong I wanted to score it as one like 90 minute song that changed as the movie went on okay and I was gonna write like a doom metal song that was that's 90 minutes heavy. long to go through the movie and change with the movie so that's Hopefully my next plan. That's pretty crazy. So when are you going to start with this movie? Hopefully. I need to find like someone that has like 500 acres of land that I can just film on and just do whatever I want. I'm hoping... Do you need it to be... You, you want like a certain setting, like sort of like season-wise? You want it in the summertime? You want Obviously, you don't want to be trekking around in the winter, do you? No. I'd, I'd like it in the fall. But okay. then I run, you run into problems if the leaves start falling too fast because you film stuff out of order. Right. You know, so you might film the opening scene on the first day, and then the next scene might be the last scene. And if you're filming for two or three weeks, yeah, you could have one scene where there's beautiful brown leaves on the fucking tree, and then right. the next scene they're just all gone. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> so continuity do it continuity summer, is yeah. kind of you know kind of key when it comes to quality filming, yeah, especially for myself. And I do shit on low budgets, so I need right. All those old things I can't control, I need to work around those. So probably, 500 acres you need. I, I'm just saying, you know, just a big a big piece of scenic land. Okay. Or many small pieces of scenic land, because they have to look like they're going into the vast wilderness. Right. Like they have to be removed from where they can get help, or anyone can come right. to interject in the situation. Why don't you do like guerrilla filmmaking, just like sneak somewhere and just fucking do it? That's what we did on the last movie. We filmed for 12 days with no permits. No, you don't we just do fucking Filmed all everywhere. Every single place we went, some random person walked up and asked for a permit. A random really? person with no authority just came and said, Where's your permit? What are you guys doing? Just at random. Really? Yeah. 
Tell them to beat it. We had one guy we filmed it. We were filming in July. A guy asked about our permit, and then he came back out with a leaf blower and started blowing a leaf blower in July in the middle of the sidewalk while we were trying to film. Then we had another guy. That guy's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, I don't like that guy. And then my breaking point, I was being calm and cool through everything. Yeah. So I'm the director. I got to set the example. <laughs> and then we're filming, we're filming in the Bronx. There's a road called Shore Road that connects the Bronx to Westchester County. Okay. And it looks super rural. You could film on this road. It looks like you're driving, like, through a rural road in Louisiana. Okay. And there was a scene where someone got killed, and a guy was driving the other way, and he made a U-turn. He drove onto the grass, into the middle of where we were filming, almost ran over one of our actresses, and started demanding to see a permit. Asked us if we just killed someone and just acted just like a total, just like a total fucking asshole. And I was just thinking, if I'm brazen enough to kill someone at noon on Sunday, yeah, like what makes what you makes think you you're not going to be that next? Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. And, it, and that, that was the one time I lost my shit. And I just fucking, just I was just screaming. Yeah, I was in the dude's face until he just left. You know, he eventually left. And then, yeah. And then the police came because he called the police. Oh, just yeah. It's all over. The place. And the cops are totally cool. They're like, we we have to come if someone tells us calls us and says there's a dead. If someone calls us and tells us there's a dead body. We have to come. Right? Yeah. So the cop came. He was obviously a fucking dummy. And then yeah. he just, he was like, all right, yeah, whatever. And then he left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did the guy do? No, he left already. Because it got pretty heated between me and this guy. Like, yeah. The guy was fucking screaming. Like, it was, it was the last day we were filming. And just so many people kept coming and interject. People with no authority just kept coming and asking and interjecting. That's just balls. Yeah. Like me, like if I seen somebody, like right now we're in this the place with me and Q Unique with Coffee RX. And it's getting a little busy, that's why there's blenders and shit. But like if there's somebody filming something outside of here, yeah, like it's like it's like yo, if somebody comes over to us right now, like, oh, what are you recording? Blah, 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 yeah. like, dude, like what? You fucking beat it, yeah. Beat it, like I don't I don't, I don't get like, like you don't have the green light to do shit like There's that. There's just those people that interject themselves into every situation. Yes. Uh-huh. I would never do that. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's cool. All right, no, they're filming something cool. Like, I hope it's a cool movie or whatever they're doing, whatever. And keep it moving. Not my yeah. business. Not for me. Only time I've ever asked is to find out. So, what is it? Because I want to see it. You know what I mean? I want to look for it. Right. Yeah, I'm going to look not for to, it so I can watch it. Not to be an asshole about yeah. it, but actually to maybe support the damn thing. So I, want, I wanted to print out a fake permit that just had small print that just got more and more insulting and vulgar as it went on. So if the dude kept, if the person actually kept reading it. Yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, you should do that. we get to the bottom, that's like, yeah. Oh, fuck. It's like just terrible vulgar language yeah. at the bottom. Just, well, why not? Yeah. You should do that. No, I gotta put the effort into doing it. Yeah, why not? All for a joke Lazy. and all for the but story. Yeah, I would just, okay. I would like I to see someone's, I would like to see someone's face change. Just completely change. It, you know, and then just see it get, like, right. And the next thing you know, they more get insulting. berated. Yeah. Either awful. it's gonna be a fight or they're gonna leave. Yeah. Right. So. Most likely they'll leave. Yeah. People just like to hear themselves yeah. talk. This ridiculous, man. Yeah, so after if you're somewhere filming for an hour, I'd say a half hour of that is just dealing with people, trying to get the general public to not interfere with what you're doing. Yeah, because you'll be filming, someone will pull up in a car and start 
blasting the radio. Or someone will try to stand in the background. Like, I guess sometimes they're just innocently watching, but they'll right. stand. Like, dude, there's a fucking camera fighting in front of like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least act naturally, yeah. you know? Like, get away away yeah, and shit. Just, like, <laughs> dude, beat it. Yeah, it's tough. It's fun, but it's tough. It's a lot of work. I'm sure it takes a lot of patience. I would lose my shit. Yeah. I think I would lose my mind. I was totally cool and patient. I have a terrible temper. I'm the first guy to start fucking yelling, you know? Like, I lose my shit all the time. But... You don't seem like that kind of guy, though. <laughs> but that's why. Yeah. That's totally. why. I'll lose my shit in a fucking second. But with something like that, if I'm supposed to be the boss of the situation... Yeah. Like you got, like I said, you got to lead by example. And there's also a yeah. time and a place. And I don't want to set the tone. You don't just want to fly it off the hand. Everyone's in a bad mood, you know, like <laughs> just I was fucking yelling. But that, the guy with the U-turn happened on the last day. So I had like 12 days. We filmed in like 30 locations. I just had people coming over and over. Yeah. I just, I just, I lost it. I had it. Yeah. I just, <laughs> It, it was it was like it was like ten seconds away from being like a like a brawl, you know? Like it was, yeah. it was heated, really heated. And then he just left. We need to find you a big ass fucking. When do you want to start? When do, when do you see yourself starting to film the new movie? Um, hopefully next summer. By the summer. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. Yeah, maybe you have a working title. Um, I was gonna call it the pilgrimage. Okay. That's my working title. <laughs> It'll All probably right. change. Yeah. Not set in stone. Yeah, yeah, everything changes. Sure. So, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, hopefully next summer we'll start filming it. It's, it's just... I don't know, I gotta find money, I gotta find people to be in it, I gotta find crew. You know, there's just it's such a collaborative process and there's so many people involved. I'm sure that you can get people to do it for less than no money. Like, well, like for little to no money. I always pay everyone because I want I don't want anyone to feel like I'm like trying to take advantage of them. Even if it's like I, I can give in. you fifty bucks a day or I can give you hundred bucks a day or something. Right. I wanna give them something. Just right. so I'm not like okay. If, if they go into it like, guys, you know, I'm gonna make this little independent movie, it's something cool to do. But fuck, man. Also, fine if you're not paying people. They, it's, they're reluctant to show up and yeah, shit like they that. think it's okay to flake out because no, they're, right. they're not paying me anyway, so fuck it. Right. See, yeah, that, that, that's. So I try. I, the least I've paid someone with a hundred bucks a day. Yeah. Which I guess is nothing if you're a full grown adult, but it's something. It's something. I just wanted to show people that I respect their time and what they're doing. Money. Yeah, it's gas. It's gas money to wherever the hell you gotta go. It's also for savings because when you're working on a movie, it's like 12 hours a day and you're doing nothing else. Yeah. So you're gonna be there for 10 days. You can at least get a thousand bucks out of it. Right. And you're not gonna chip away at it or spend any of it because you don't have any time, you know? Right. So. But I try to give something. I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't like taking advantage of people, and I don't like anyone feeling that I could be. Right. Because it just it sets a bad tone. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And it's someone's time. It's valuable. You know, they sure. could be doing something else. Yeah, I mean, something that's paying them. You know, something that's paying them. They yeah. might have a family. They yeah. have this and that. So yeah, I mean, take some sort of a level of commitment to do it. Yeah, so I try to do a minimum of a hundred bucks a day. But from there, depending on the experience, I mean, if I'm hiring, like, a sound guy that's got 20 years' experience, obviously, I'm not going to give him 100 bucks a day. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all out-of-pocket shit. Yeah. And hopefully you get fucking some returns back when it comes out three years later. It's, just, it's hard now because everyone thinks everything should be free. Everyone uh, thinks why? movies should be free, music should be free. Like, they just... And who's everybody? Why do people think that? I don't... I, dude, I, I don't... They're I'm not, not wired that way. They're not touching it, maybe, because it's not like a tangible thing. Like you have a, like you have this coffee mug. Right. This mug is five dollars, and you're holding it, and it's there, and it exists. So they feel like they're getting something for their, you know, right. for their money. But, but like music, like a band created that. Oh, a band went to the studio. The band's been working on that since they were 12 years old and learned right. how to play the guitar. You know, right. like it's been a lifetime of learning and experience before that song was recorded. Absolutely. And now it's, oh, it's there, so and I deserve it because I'm breathing. Yeah. It's like, yo, man. And I'm just listening to it, yeah. I'm giving them exposure. That's the big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, you're not. You're not giving them no exposure. You know. (laughs) Did you buy it? No. It's like, I can get into all that. A lot of that, that comes up a lot, too, on this this, this show. It's like, you know, how how I rail on social media and entitled kids nowadays and this and that and I'm not going to do that because everybody knows how I feel I I guess I'm not we're also not seeing it from their perspective they were born never having to pay for music so they can't understand it well no no, you can understand you're supposed to be so smart you're so progressive and so smart and this and that and blah 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 but you can't fucking see that stop it stop it (laughs) stop with the excuses I'm just trying to play devil's advocate Oh, they, they just didn't realize. Now you realize it's, it's really, it's really simple. But I just, I don't even think people realize what it goes into being in a band or making a movie until they've done it. Right. See, like me, I have no idea. As far as making a film, like I said before, I first record, I was in a stupid movie right. for like seven seconds, and. I mean, I was in one scene for like literally like seven seconds, but I was there all day. And they filmed like two scenes or three scenes, but I was there all day long. The filming is the shortest part of it, too. Right. I mean, you have to write a script. I had to, I, I, <laughs> you know, you got to write a script. They told me That's to ad lib. Yeah. They just told me about, uh, uh, yeah. There's a movie called Mr. Bricks. Okay. A heavy metal murder musical. You have to look it up. It's brutal. It's like most movies. Trauma get, Entertainment. Oh, it's trauma, a trauma movie. Okay. Trauma yeah. picked it up. Yeah, right. it's trauma. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I'll watch it. I'll watch anything once. Mr. Bricks. You know who that guy's name is? Tim Dax. He has, he has his whole entire head tattooed like right. a Spartan helmet. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? You ever see that guy? Uh-huh. He's that's Mr. Bricks in the movie. Right. And he okay. comes and he and I guess in the scene before it that wasn't filmed but in the movie in the scene before he gets shot. And it makes no sense because in the scene that I'm in he's stumbling into a bar and he like busts past me to go to the bar and he gets the bartender he's, and he smashes the bar and he's like staple gun <laughs> and the bartender's like oh here you go bricks and he goes to a bathroom and he staples his bullet wound shot right. yeah so it's like he pushes past me and I say something to him like yo what the fuck motherfucker some stupid shit like that but that was it but that, that whole thing took like 14 hours oh yeah I'm like yeah. yo man this is a whole deal yeah it's a nightmare yeah it's like oh you want to come and you know be in the movie yeah sure that's cool I had like this little clothing line there was all my 
his shirts were in the movie right. and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. All day. The thing is also, you're never sure you filmed enough, so you don't want to let anyone leave. Right. So some guys in the movie for 30 seconds... And You're gonna hold there. on to him yeah. all day. Oh, they held on to him all day. We might need you again. We might decide to do another shot of this. There might be. We might add a scene in, and we need you fucking walking in the background just so it makes sense. Yeah. So they'll hold you all day. Crazy. But hey, man, I would love to like learn how to do shit like that. Like, I, I say that, but I probably would never like. Start to even try to teach myself that no, stuff. I don't know where the time is. It's just, it, it's like a standard process. They've been making movies long enough that there's a standard way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just I mean, just with the equipment and to edit shit and this and then that, and I would feel like I was like a, like a buffoon walking around. Okay, and action. Like I don't know. I don't know. You got to pretend you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. act as if, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that what you did? You just pretended like you knew what you were doing? Next thing I you thought know, I yes. knew what I was doing, huh? <laughs> I just started filming. Yeah. I did. Since I did all the documentaries, I learned how to make a story out of just like a bunch of footage. Yeah. Because when you make a documentary, you just film a bunch of shit and there's no story to it. Yeah. Like a narrative movie has structure, it has a script, you can edit to the script, there's a beginning, there's an end, it's all there already. Yeah. When you're doing a documentary, you don't know where it's going to end, you don't know yeah, if all really. the parts you need are going to be there. So I kind of learned how to edit a story out of nothing, which I guess helped me know what I should be shooting to make sure I have everything. But the amount of notes, before we even filmed one thing, I had three binders just full of notes. I had every shot that I wanted written out and why. The, the amount of pre-planning is just... That's, that's in, a crazy in, thing. You, See, that right there, that would make... That, that would overwhelm me like crazy. It's like... I don't know if you listen, but I bring it up a lot, and it's just, it just comes up in conversation. Episode 49, I did like my, my pretty much my, my abridged life story, right. and people told me that, dude, that should be a screenplay. You should write a book. And I thought about writing a book years ago, years, years ago. But just the process of not even just putting everything down, but putting everything down in chronological order drives me nuts. Because I'm meticulous like that. Like, it would have to be perfectly in chronological order. And then I just, I would just get overwhelmed. There's so much stuff that I would just get overwhelmed. And then I know I'm going to forget something. After I'm this far in, I'm working my ass off. And then right when I'm at the end, I'm going to be like, there's no way I fucking forgot to put this back. When you go here. back, you can, you can edit. Yeah, yeah you rewrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rewrite it again. It's like, oh, like the, that, that, that. the hardest part is starting. If you start writing something, right. you just come up with a sentence, just start writing it, and then just write it. Write it till I you're think, done. I think I have some. Even if it fucking sucks, just write it till it's finished. Because you could go back and change any part of it. If any part of it isn't good, you can just go back and change it. I think I have about maybe like 12 pages of shit written somewhere. Just write it till it's done. And a lot of books aren't even chronological. I mean, you read a book, it it starts off chronological, and it'll jump. Right. Because certain events... 
you need to know backstory on it. So oh, it goes sure. back in time, so what you're reading makes sense or it jumps ahead a little. Right. So you can kind of write out of order. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you should write a screenplay. Like, bro, uh, write a screenplay. Just write it, man. How the hell am I? I don't know who is <laughs> step one on how to write a screenplay. Start writing it. But yeah, but you put a screenplay in a book are two different things, no? Uh, the format is different. Yeah, I don't know the format. I mean, you could buy programs that just have the format in it. You just press the button for the action paragraph and the button for the dialogue paragraph. Yeah. That's it. And you just start typing and filling it in. The hardest, the hardest thing is just starting. Just start writing until it's what's done. The, what's the program? What program is it? Uh, I use Microsoft Word. No, I want something where I press the button. You can things use, happen. Um, <laughs> can't even think of what it's called now. If you just look up script program, there's one popular one I think Adobe makes it. Okay. Yeah. Screenplay Pro. Probably some stupid shit <laughs> like some that. Stupid you know? some yeah. Obvious nonsense. Right. Maybe I'll have to look into it. Yeah, but the hardest thing is just starting. And the second hardest part is getting over what you wrote isn't stupid, you know? Because anytime you write something or do something, like those are your thoughts and ideas that you think are good. Right. And and you, but you can be overly critical of yourself, too. You overthink it now. But there's, like, the embarrassment of someone else saying that what you think is cool and funny isn't cool and funny, you right. know? So that... <laughs> You really put it out there. You write something, you think, man, this is fucking amazing. This is great. I write good. You know, this is whatever. And then letting someone else read it and dealing with the fact that someone else may not see it as good. And they'll be like, yo, this fucking yeah, stinks. That's the other hard hurdle to get over. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, something. I know that some people actually, for some weird reason, and I think it's it's cool, but some people love this podcast, and I'm sure that there's people that heard one or two episodes and hated it. No. You know what I mean? But dude, what are we doing here? You know, it's like we're, we're sitting, I don't have a script. Right. We're sitting here bullshitting. Yeah, you know, there might be a couple little seconds of moment of silence because okay, you know what's next? But because I don't come in name in this fucking band. It was awesome that I found out that you that you played in the disasters. Like, you know, you found a new. A new bit of information about me. That. I didn't know uh-huh. that, and that's awesome because I have both of those records right here on this iPod. Well, I had, I had much shorter hair, and that's when I used to shave. That's when you used to shave. Used to you shave. don't shave anymore, yeah. ever? No, no. Why? Fuck it. Uh, it's annoying. It, it is annoying. And my, and my girlfriend likes it, so fuck it, right? Yeah, all right, yeah. It is annoying. I shave. I, I have to, if, but I'm, I'd be fine, but I just have to shave like, under my chin and my neck because then I, I get itchy. Well, there's like a two-week period. Once you pass that, it just doesn't matter anymore. Right. I used to get haircuts every two weeks. Two weeks. That's what I do. And the last time I went for a haircut, which was probably ten years ago, I waited about an hour and a half, and I left, and I never went back. Really? <laughs> that was it, yeah. Nice. Never got another haircut since. Fuck it. I'm too gray. Yeah, I don't know. You have no grays. Not yet. I'm sure they're coming. I'm gray. I have grays. I have some grays in my beard, but I'm sure they're coming. Oh, I have a lot of grays in my beard. It's ridiculous. Like, if I don't shave, like, three, four days... It's like I'm like half white, man. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I'm 43, that's why. 
41. Uh, you, have, you have like none. Just get your luck. Hey, who gives a fuck? No stress. I guess that's it. Oh, you got a lot of stress? Yeah, I guess so. A couple, two, three things <laughs> might have happened here and there. But at least I'm not going bald, so that's good. I have the option to shave my head if I want to. Yeah. I, I, I shaved my head from like, freaking, from like 99 up until like two years ago. I used to, once a week in my bathroom, I would just shave my whole head. When I was in high school, I had a mohawk, and I stopped I the mohawk doing day. the mohawk, and I stopped combing my hair, and it turned into fucking dreads, and I had this head of big, disgusting dreads. And then I shaved it off. And I just was shaving my head like every week for yeah. a couple of years. Nice. That's good. I guess it's good if you get into a fight. Don't you grab your hair. I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do we even, even fight anymore? No. Not at this age. No, I mean either. It's like you're fighting. Like, really? What are you doing? First time my nose got broken. I'm sure you can see how crooked it is. No, nah, it really wasn't. Someone grabbed my hair. I got into a fight with a kid in high school. <laughs> I was much taller than him, so I just had my hand on his head. Yeah. So the hand taller. What are you, like 6'2"? Six 6'4". Six six okay. Fight was over. I was down the hallway. He ran up behind me, grabbed my hair, kicked my leg, and then fucking jumped on my face. Nice. Big, like 200-pound kid. Yeah. On my fucking face. Broke my nose. I was on the fourth floor of school. I walked all the way down from the fourth floor to the guidance counselor's office. The amount of blood that comes out of your nose. Yeah. It fucking pours out when you break it. Yeah. And um, I went to my guidance counselor's office, and she freaked the fuck out. I saw her, like, twice the entire time I was in high school, and she was just being, like, an asshole about it, like, trying to push me out of the office. Yeah. And I fucking sneezed, and I just sneezed blood. (laughs) The entire desk was on the wall. It was everywhere. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. My second second time I broke my nose. Uh, I was with sneeze all over the desk, just fucking blood, just everywhere. All over the desk. Good. Well, she's an asshole. It's a good. She deserves it. She liked cleaning it up. It was everywhere. She probably had to get a new desk or a new calendar. Yeah, a new calendar. calendar. (laughs) Second time was I was hanging out with someone who had beef with someone else who I didn't know. And a fight broke out. And I was on the floor getting kicked in my face. And I turned to the side, and the dude, the other guy was running up the street. And I was like, I don't even know you, you know? Yeah. Like, just. And then the, the fight stopped. I guess everyone realized that, you know what I mean? I didn't have beef with them. Yeah. And that broke my nose. Once you break your nose, it's like sensitive for a long time. Uh huh. The last time I was on the telephone in the bathroom. When I was, I think I was 17 years old, 16 years old, there was a hook on the back of the bathroom door. For some reason, I was on the phone, I was like scratching my nose on the hook, and my brother kicked the bathroom door open into my face. Nice! And it broke my nose again. Those are my three nose breaks. But it all started because someone pulled my hair. Yeah. I never broke a bone. Staples and stitches all day long. Like, all over the place. I fractured my ankle skateboarding, which pretty much put an end to, like, serious skateboarding. Yeah. Because one, I mean, I I fucked my ankle up, and then they would just get hurt easily after that. So it just made me start skating less and less. Gotcha. And I wasn't even skating. I was talking to someone, and I had my foot on the board. And I, like, slipped the wrong way, and the board slid, and I did, like, a fucking split, and I twisted my ankle. 
ankle and, and no fractured good. it. Yeah. yeah. Then after that, it, it was fucked up for like three months. And then I went. I think we we're at the Brooklyn Banks. That was scary. just like the littlest thing. Yeah. It just started hurting again, or I kept re-injuring it. Yeah, so that was it. Broken nose and fractured ankle. Those are the only two so far. Yeah, my daughter broke her leg. At the time she was eight, she broke her leg right after last summer. Dude, it was the worst. I'm like, I never broke a leg. I never broke anything. I thought I broke my back, actually, but I didn't. It just turned out to be a couple other things, but I never broke nothing. I took falls on skateboards so bad that I can't, you know, yeah. I can't believe I didn't break anything at all. I never skateboarded. I used to skateboard, I'd say from 12, so I was about maybe mid to late 20s I probably skated like every single day all day long I live for that shit yeah I'm old my My ankles hurt my fucking back hurts yeah but I'm starting to fall apart too the top of my right foot every now and then just hurts for no reason I start limping around if I'm sitting in my truck too long I'll just start limping until my hip clicks and then I'm good again (laughs) yeah I have three herniated discs from a car accident so those fucking act up Pinky's doing this thing where it like locks sometimes. Yeah, I'm all fucked up. But I hit 43 now, I'm almost falling apart. To see. Are you halfway there? Yeah, I am. You made it halfway? If, 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 <laughs> if all goes well. If I, if I live till I'm 86, uh-huh. that's highly unlikely. You don't think so? No. Listen, I quit smoking cigarettes a month ago. I don't think it's, it might be a little too, little too late. Uh, I don't know. How long did you smoke for? Since I'm like 17. Uh-huh. 43. That's a big commitment to quit. Well, I have, like, this little vape thing, but, right. I mean, it's probably terrible for you, too. But yeah, it's not as it's, bad, I don't think. It's the lesser. It's lesser, lesser two evils. Two evils. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not, like, 485 freaking chemicals like there right. is in a Marlboro, you know what I mean? So, I mean... I just think of the fucking cost of cigarettes. Oh, dude. You know? Well, I've, I'm, sa- I'm saving crazy amount of oh, money. Shit. Like, what is it, 13 bucks a pack now? In, in, Brooklyn, in, Bur- in, Bur- in Brooklyn, yeah, 13 bucks a pack. And, like, I'll get them at, like, the, you know, the illegal bodega right. spot. And I'll get them for, like, seven, eight bucks. But still, even then... Uh, even though it's eight dollars a day, you know you do the math. It's you know, what is that? It's like one hundred and fifty dollars a fucking no. Eight dollars a day. It's two hundred and forty dollars a month. Yeah, you look at fifty four dollars a week, I guess. Two hundred and forty dollars a month. And that's at eight dollars. That's that. That's if you know. But if you, if, you know, thirteen bucks a pack. It's fucking crazy, dude. Do you think, as someone who works a minimum wage job, they have to work more than an hour to buy a pack of cigarettes? Correct. You know? Yeah. Which is insane. It's not. If you're smoking cigarettes and you had to work an hour to get that pack, more than an hour. Right. You should probably quit. Yeah. And that's all. It's New York. It's all New York tax. Mm-hmm. You, go, you, go to, you go to Jersey, you get the flag eight bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, in a store. It's all New York tax. It's all fucked up. But, yeah, so I, I smoked this little, little pen thing. And it's like, you get like two little cartridges. And the two cartridges is like seven bucks. And it lasts me like a whole week. Mm-hmm. So right there. Do those really explode in people's faces, like, like they say? Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't explode in mine yet. Not yet? No. But listen, man, I haven't had really. I'll have like an urge for a cigarette, and then I'll just like take a couple of puffs right. of that, and then I'm and then I'm good. Right. So you listen, think I, it's I the nicotine, or it's the ritual of it's smoking? Both. A little both. It's yeah. both. I think it's a little both. I think the nicotine, nicotine is it's it's addictive, period. But it's right. also the 
it's the ritual of the hand that you know it's just it's always like smoking on something. A friend of mine, when I was in my twenties, quit smoking, and just for like the next three months, he was just always like touching his face and touching yeah. his lips and putting his hand to his fucking mouth, yeah. just constantly. It's like, a habit. Smoking an air cigarette, you know, just over and over. It's a habit, dude. Oh, it's not man. Yeah, it's like it's like as soon as I get in my truck, I'll I'll look to smoke. Right. It's like no matter what, like I'll be. I'll be out somewhere or whatever, and I'll smoke a cigarette outside of a restaurant or whatever. Okay, yeah, see you all later, and then jump in my truck and light another one to, you know, it's just all, it's all ritual, it's all habit. So, you know, as soon as I'm done eating something, I look to light a cigarette. You know, it's all that stuff. But listen, it's one thing at a time. I mean, October 1st was four years I, I quit drinking and all that other shit. So, I drink a little too much coffee and I smoke a little vapor thing. I could be doing worse. Two vices. It's my two vices. Right. Ooh, and coffee. I don't care what anybody says. I'm never giving up coffee. It doesn't ruin my life. You know what I mean? It's not killing me. So yeah, I, mean, I just try to fucking do my thing. You know, do a little podcast here and there. You know, about yeah. once a week. So every week, you do it every week. Approximately, hmm. I try. You know, depending on availability of people and my schedule and stuff like that. It's like this will come out, like I just dropped. There's one coming out on this Monday coming up, which will be 72, and yours this will follow Monday. Dude, I just realized you have a Canon Films hat. There you go. That's awesome. Did you see the documentary on Netflix? Yes. It's great. It's pretty man. good. Yeah. I'm big into horror and exploitation movies and all that shit. Yeah. Dude. Where'd you get the Canon hat? Um, I went to a movie marathon where they were playing like, like five horror movies. Uh huh. And I won the raffle for the hat. Ah, that's awesome. I just I just noticed it's that. Kind of dirty there. You look like a fucking dirtbag. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Cool. Man. So now tell everybody. Where they can find you, follow you, the names of your documentaries, your movies, your bands, all of that stuff. Let's see. Car documentaries, atomichotrods.com. I made a movie called The Road to Bonneville, a movie called The Devil at Your Feet, uh, Sweet Sickness, which is all about flathead motors, very specific period of a car motor that ended in the 50s. I made a movie called This is Long Beach, about the oldest... Uh, Southern California Car Club that's still in existence has some pretty good stories of very old men talking about fighting, which is kind of humorous to watch. You know, they're like 80 years old and they're talking about like beating people's heads in. And uh, I'm I'm into that. Sure, that one's on Amazon. I made a movie called Three Mile, another car movie. I made a motorcycle movie called White Knuckle, which is about the motorcycle cannonball. The guys race motorcycle cannonball. Yeah, they raced pre nineteen sixteen motorcycles from Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, which is on the Outer Banks, okay. to the Santa Monica Pier in California. They went cross country. It took seventeen days. The top speed on these bikes are like, if, if you could get a bike from nineteen sixteen to do forty, that's yeah. like you're pushing it. You know, so. Huh. If you're into motorcycles, that's a good one to watch. There's a lot of breakdowns and repairs and just road footage. And then I made a horror exploitation film titled Get My Gun. Right. That should be out on home video this before the end of the year. 
we did a short theatrical run in, in September. Played 16 cities. Okay. Which did well. You're going to have it like available like to stream like on... Yeah, so people will be able to download it or buy a DVD for people that want physical media and yes. want to own it. Yeah. With special features and all that, like a special edition. And then you'll be able to download it and stream it. Okay. Where else? That's it. No. That's all I got. No, you have on Instagram. Oh, I have Instagram. Yeah. I just followed you on there you just go. now. Atomic Hot Rods on Instagram. Yes, Atomic Hot Rods on Instagram. Atomic Hot Rods on Facebook. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think just, that's all I got. I just followed you on there. Some Peggy and all the stuff, nonsense and stuff yeah, like I'll that. Follow you back there again. Yeah, one more follow. And that would be me. That's all I got. Awesome. Well, <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you took your little ride. Where, where, where are you from now? You're from now I'm in Westchester. You're in Westchester. I was so, born in the Bronx. I lived there, say, 10 years ago I went to Westchester. Okay. My stress levels have decreased yeah, I'm <laughs> dramatically. Sure. I'm sure. Is it cheaper up there? No. It's not, is no, it? No, it's way more expensive. Taxes are insane. Really? Man, property tax. Yeah. You have to pay county tax and city tax. Then you have to pay school tax, a separate oh, library tax. What a fucking shit show, huh? So I'd say most houses in Westchester, you're looking at twelve grand and up a year in taxes. Yeah, that's not good. You would think Westchester is like a little bit up there, but no. It's two miles from the Bronx border is where I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I grew up in the Bronx near Castle Hill, and then I... Moved to Westchester ten, 10 years ago. Okay. I'd say about ten years ago. It's cool. I mean, if you if you if you're less stressed out, man, and you're out of oh, a crazy yeah. ass city. I love New York and I hate New York. You know, Same here. There. I'm glad I grew up in New York. I had me a lot too. of good experiences as a kid. Absolutely. It made me wise to a lot of things. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I go other places and I see people that aren't wise to a lot of things. I see people who move here from other places and they, you can you can just tell. Yeah. You know? So I'm glad that I grew up in New York City, but I'm sick of the snow. I'm sick of shoveling. I'm sick of walking through slush. I'm sick of the cold. Same here. Same here. So hopefully soon I'll semi-retire to oh, a, God. a warmer climate. Yeah, dude. It's like, let me tell you, I have my daughter. If I didn't have my daughter, uh, I'd go anywhere. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't care. I would go anywhere. But I'm kind of stuck until, you know. Well, it's a good reason to be stuck. Well, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I mean, too, if there's any course. reason. Of, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, I mean, a good one. it's the only reason, you know. Other than that, I'd be fucking... Yeah. If it was just me, right. I don't care. You just bounce? I just bounce. I don't care whatever happens. I'll live the day by day. I don't care. And also, I guess, they say New York's a different city every 10 years, right? Is that the saying? Yes, I guess. All the stuff I liked as a kid just isn't here anymore. No. So... I just don't go and do do anything. Yeah. It's the things I used to like to do and the places I used to like to go just don't they don't exist. exist. They're just gone. It's crazy, right? It's weird. Yeah. I'm the old guy. Yeah. yeah. No, same here. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I I don't know, I must have been going through something or whatever. I don't know in my head, but like the last like couple of weeks, like I was on it was a shitty Saturday and I was with my daughter and we had, like, no plans. Like, hey, what do you want to do? So, her being a little girl, 
like, oh, let's go to King's Plaza. Let's go to the mall so we can maybe we'll just, even even if we walk around and get, not get anything, at least we we'll get out of the house. Right. All right. So me, I'm talking to him whenever while I'm driving. I get off the wrong exit on the Bell Parkway. I get off the right south instead of north. Right. So next thing you know, I'm going towards like Rockaway, towards the Marine Parkway Bridge. So I used to live in Rockaway when I was mm-hmm. a little kid. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, Alexa, you want, you want to see where Daddy used to live when he was your age? And she's like, yeah, like, that's cool. So I was showing her all around Rockaway, and it was just, it was a very surreal, weird thing that I pulled up onto this old block where I used to live when I was exactly my daughter's age. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, and it's in a, it's a, the house is abandoned now. If someone buys it, it's for sale. If someone buys it, they're probably going to knock it down because it's on a beach block, and oh, Sandy yeah. destroyed it and stuff like that. So it's just like, I had, like, this weird opportunity to literally step back in time, and I was in my old living room from when I was nine years oh, old. Oh, you went into the house? Yeah. I'm in there and it looked so much smaller oh, yeah. because I was it was just a weird as you said you know all these things aren't there anymore from when I was a kid so it just made me think like I literally like step back in time I'm standing in this living room and I look and I walk into what might used to be my old bedroom and it's like so tiny and it's just like so weird and it was just I don't think I'd ever be able to do that again. You know what I mean? It's, it's someone will buy it and right. knock it down for the piece of property. Of and then that's it. You know what I mean? So that just made me think of that where I had the rare opportunity to literally step back in time before it goes away. You know? The building I grew up in still, is still there. I'll probably never get to go back <laughs> to the right. apartment. You know? Yeah. Other people obviously live there. Yeah. I did, as an adult, revisit the grammar school I went to and yeah. it seemed really small. Like yeah. you said, the ceiling like, seemed low. The that's gym another, was fucking yeah. tiny. I was yeah. like, man, when I was a kid, this seemed huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah, I did that too. Like, like right at the, because I went to elementary school there. It was one of the one of the elementary schools I went to, the PS one fourteen mm-hmm. in Rockaway, and I don't know, like I was on a Google search or something like that. I don't remember. It was a while ago, and I remember seeing that my one of like was like my old like fifth grade fourth grade teacher was still a teacher oh. at that school <laughs> from like nineteen eighty seven. Right. I'm like no way. So after I'm standing in my living room a couple of weeks ago, my old apartment, I go to the school right. and I walk in and I work in a school now, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of know how it works. Right. So I walked in there and the security guard. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of weird, but. Is there a teacher named Mrs. Cutler who works here? She's like, oh, she's like, she retired over the summer. Right, I'm like, really? no way. I'm like, that sucks. Like, after all these years, I missed her right. by literally a couple of months. Right. But I would just want to say hello to her. Like, all this blast in the past, of weird course, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I walk and I never stepped into that school since 1987. Right. So I'm walking in there and it still has the old public school. I saw it on one of your pictures. It was just the shifter knob yeah. as the, the, the doorknob mm-hmm. from the school. They had all that stuff. Oh. Still in the still, building? Yeah, in the building. Like, I work in a school now, and it's brand new. The school's only like seven years old. Right. So it's all state-of-the-art nonsense, and everything breaks, because everything just pushes a button, everything's computerized. But yeah, man, it was crazy. So there was that, and then, and then uh, it just... I, then I went to a place called Seaview Park, and like I have old pictures of me, literally like as an infant, on like baby swings mm-hmm. in there. But what was really cool is that it was still there. Like, the swings, obviously, are different. I right. mean, you know, the, you know, all that stuff is different. But, they, but where everything stood is still right there. 
was like, that's kind of cool. Like, it could have been a strip mall now, yeah. for all I knew. The building I grew up in was across the street from a park. Yeah. And it's been totally, just completely, it's totally, like, the layout of it is totally different. Yeah. The only thing that's the same is the handball court. Right. I guess they're not going to move that big yeah, wall. Yeah, that. Yeah. 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 And that thing was, they tore it up when I was, like, 10 years old, and it was just torn up for, like, seven years. Yeah. It took them so long to rebuild it. It was just, like... We used to go in there and play in the mud when it rained. Yeah. You know, like, it was yeah. torn up oh, like sure. that. It was just a muddy fucking wreck. And it was yeah. aptly named... It was, the name of the, it was the Pearly Gates. It was the oh, name nice. of the Gates of Park. And it was the Shirai. Pearly Gates? Like, yeah, it's like it's, a morbid name to give a playground. Yeah, you know? like, it is. Yeah, the Pearly Gates. It's when you're dead, you know? Yeah, like you go, it is. <laughs> like, that always struck me as fucking weird. The Pearly Gates. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. For Maybe a park. stepping into heaven. Yeah, it's just a bizarre name. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to actually go back and... Those are like a couple of things that actually are still there, which is cool. I mean, like I said, the the playground. I mean, back when I in nineteen, I mean, there's a picture of me. I'm in a baby swing. I'm like literally like not even a year old. So we're talking 1976, 77. Everything was made out of metal. You know, right. it was like the metal slides, and everything was burning hot metal slides, burning, and everything. Uh-huh. You cut yourself on things. Now it's you know it's all the plastic. You know, obviously everything is different, but it was kind of cool to actually be like, wow. Like I was walking around with my daughter, which was surreal. You know, it's like I haven't been here since I was literally like her age. Right. Now I'm walking around here, it's still here. It's just a very, I don't know, life is fucking bugged out. Like I said before, I saw this little rant. I don't know, I must have been going through something in my head. I don't know, midlife crisis. Oh, it happens, since yeah. I made it You're getting nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been on that lately. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to start knocking on doors of like all the old apartments I used to live in, but then no one's going to let me in. They might. Write a letter first. Well, I probably have better luck writing a letter. I have pictures. Like, I have pictures of, like, my mother in, like, a kitchen of, like, some apartment. Like, listen, like, I'm not crazy. Right, right. I lived here once. Yeah, I lived here once. Yeah, but do it. Really? Really? You're going to walk around my house right now? It's a little weird. If someone came to my house with a picture of me. I wouldn't even open the door. I wouldn't even answer the door. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you used to live here, but you want to walk around my house right now? Like, that's creepy. Yes, you got to keep an eye on it. If ever comes to rent or for sale, mm-hmm. you can go tour it. Yeah. For the real estate agent. Silly shit. Silly shit. Cool, man. Well, listen, this was cool. I appreciate you actually making the ride down yeah. here. And, uh, yeah, man, support this guy. Watch his documentaries and shit like that. Buy a car. How about that? You got 50 grand around you? Yeah, 58. If, <laughs> if you have 50 grand laying around, you build a nice car. Well, you're in the Rumbles Car Club, correct? Yes. Okay, which is Roger's Car Club, right? Yeah, he was a he was the he started it, and uh, right. Vinny Stigma came up with the name. Okay, he was, he was, he was the guy who gave it the name. Okay, Stigma. Stigma is the. Uh, Go back in the archives. There's an episode with, with Stigma and Mike Gallo, right. which is hysterical because Stigma has the greatest stories ever. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a good storyteller. He is. Yeah, there's a story about him who he he saves like an English neighborhood by something like like something something with a piece of pizza. It's like there's a piece of pizza and like something happens and it's like save the neighborhood from 
crime involving a slice of pizza. It's some crazy awesome story, though. That he did a movie, too. That, oh, yes, New York Blood. I've never seen it. you never seen New York yeah, Blood? I've seen the trailer. I've never actually seen <laughs> I've it. I've seen it. i got to check it out. It's on YouTube. Is you it? watch the whole yeah. thing, I believe. Yeah. I think my gal is in it, too. Yeah, my, like, yeah my gal is in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it there's a lot of familiar faces in it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one I, I've been meaning to get around to it, which has always escaped me. Yeah. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah. It's uh, it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. Stigma and Roger did it. I guess when they were younger, they were in a, a karate school. Uh-huh. I believe it was in Staten Island. Someone came to New York to shoot. They shot a karate movie. Uh-huh. And the two of them are in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's called First We Take New York. Well, First We Take Manhattan. That's okay. So like really? York, yeah. No, now half of them. Yeah. So they, they, I, I think they're in a scene where they're like, you know, like the typical karate scene where like one guy's fighting yeah. people from uh-huh. karate school. I think they're like two karate thugs. Okay. Yeah. The karate thugs. Yeah. So that, that's one to watch. <laughs> All right. I'm in. First I'm in. We Take Manhattan. First We Take Manhattan. All right. But everybody, keep your eyes open for Get My Gun. Right? Right? Yeah. Get it'll, my gun. It'll, it'll entertain and it could might disturb you as well. Alright. I like to be disturbed. I like shit like that. Brian, thanks a lot, my man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. We're over here now.